All right, what is up, y'all? Happy Aloha Friday and welcome to the Growth Cast. For those of you who do not know me, my name is Tyler Devereaux, and I will be taking over the Growth Cast every Friday to teach you some multifamily investing principles, some wealth-based principles, and uh, I'm absolutely pumped about it. So whether you're an active investor who's looking to crack into the you know, apartment game or a passive investor who's just looking for some insight on how to invest your money, I am confident that the Aloha Friday drips will assist you in that process and certainly help. So I want to thank Jackson and Dallas for, man, the value that they bring to my life every single day as I've been able to listen to those, those drips, those daily drips, and then just the opportunity that they've given me, you know, to be able to take some time and, and teach you all the principles that I've been able to learn and hopefully do the same for you. I'm grateful for them and uh, they're just absolute studs, as you all know, because you've been listening to them for however many drips, a ton of drips, so you get it. So with that in mind, I'm going to tell you what we're going to talk about, okay? Today, we're going to talk about what the goal of Aloha Fridays will be, what we're going to talk about. Uh, we'll also talk about the affordable housing market, why it's booming, and more importantly, why you should care. The question that I'm going to have you ask yourself is this, and be thinking throughout this process is this. Where are you investing your money? Where are you investing your time and money? And are you aware of what's happening in our country right now? Uh, and we'll dive into that, okay? But before we dive in, I want to quickly introduce myself. Uh, once again, Tyler Devereaux. A lot of you know who I am. Some of you do not. Uh, and some of you know what I do and some of you do not, all right? But I'm the managing partner of Multifamily Capital Partners. That's our investment company. It's a privately held investment company. And in short, we buy apartment buildings. You know, we buy apartment buildings with investors, and we control right around 200 million in assets. We have just under 2,000 units, and very grateful for everything that I've learned along that journey. You know, every single property we buy, we learn new things. And to any of our current investors who are listening, I'm so grateful for you and everything that you have done as you continually put your trust in us to invest with us. Uh, you know, the other thing of a huge focus of mine is I'm the co-founder, the CEO and the co-founder of the Multifamily Mindset. That is the company that sponsors the GrowthCast. You know, we're a multifamily education company, but we're so much more than just an education company who buys apartments. Any of you who are part of uh, Multifamily Mindset will attest to this, but we are a real estate and personal development company. You know, we work with people on their big dream in life and show them how to achieve it. And whether whether somebody ends up buying or acquiring apartments or not, listen, we're a personal development company first. I'll tell you what we're, what, what we're passionate about, okay? We're passionate about really working with and inspiring everyone towards their goals. Obviously, the growth cast is a big portion of that. You've seen that. And as a company, that starts with us. You know, and our goal, our, our goal is to change lives. People will get our, you know, logo tattooed on them because we changed their life, not because we taught them about real estate, even though real estate can certainly help change people's lives. Now, all that said though, okay, I got to where I'm at and I will get to where I'm going. My life is dramatically different than it was five, six, seven years ago, dramatically different. And you know what? It will be dramatically different five, six, seven years from now. And I'll tell you how come. It's because I'm doing the same things and have done the same things that you're doing right now, which is learning 
And then listen close here, following that up with massive action. So if I can caution one thing up front, because we're going to be covering a whole bunch of topics, a whole bunch of information. If I'm going to cover one thing or caution one thing up front, it's don't get caught in the trap of just learning without doing. Okay, I'm going to end every single drip with actionable takeaways for you. Actionable takeaways, things that you can take, run, and implement. So let's talk about Aloha Fridays though, okay? And what they are going to be about, what the goal of these are. Uh, most of them are going to be same type, same uh, length as Dallas's drip, five, six minutes. This one will probably be closer to 10 plus just because some introductory stuff up first. But Aloha Fridays, okay? For those of you who do not know, I live in the beautiful island of Maui here in Hawaii. And I just, I'm so grateful to live out here. It's been a dream of me and my family for a long time. And Aloha Friday, let me tell you where that started. You maybe heard that before, but that tradition that actually began right here in Maui with a guy by the name of Wilson P. Cannon Jr. This stud was the president of the Bank of Hawaii, and he he hated wearing suits. Ultimately, he hated wearing suits, and everyone back in, I think it was the 70s, 60s, that's what they did. They wore suits, but what he decided to do, he started wearing these Aloha shirts to the office on Fridays. And soon after this, Aloha Fridays were official in the state of Hawaii. Now, Aloha Fridays were significant for a couple reasons. Number one, it's because it represented the last day of the work week. People obviously love that. Number two, it's, it's that small little celebration on Friday that, that shifted the week that gave Hawaiians this jump start on the weekend. And it also helped them get excited and, and, and look forward to the weekend, time with their ohana, to do whatever they wanted to do. That being said though, okay, today, Aloha shirts are an everyday business wear. I'm wearing one right now, and I know you're listening to this on Friday, but I'm recording this on a Wednesday. I wear, I wear an Aloha shirt every day, okay? It's common practice out here. Now, Aloha Friday here on the growth cast represents something similar, that similar type of hope, okay? My hope with Aloha Fridays is to give you, as the listeners, a head start as well, okay? A head start on transitioning completely out of the workforce. A head start on being able to have enough passive income to spend way more time with family and you know a head start on truly living your best life and making that living your best life an everyday common practice. That's the goal. And we're gonna accomplish that by the principles that we'll talk about. But before we continue to dive into each one of those principles, it's very important for you to understand what's happening in our country right now. So back to my question earlier, okay? Where are you investing your money and are you aware of what's happening in the country? You know, it's, it's so funny to me. We have financial advisors and TV personalities talking about cryptocurrency, day trading, Tesla, all of the above, but very, very, very few talk about the investments that truly fuel the portfolios of the wealthiest 1% of Americans, which is apartment buildings, and that's baffling to me especially with what's happening in the country. And I'll kind of paint this picture. You know, apartment demand is booming. And, and let me explain why that's happening though, okay? And how, more importantly, how it could dramatically impact your wealth portfolio for generations. Okay, job openings, give a life back to the economy. That's, a, that's an amazing thing. That's created massive demand in the housing sector though. You've maybe noticed that, but what you in the single family sector, you've probably noticed that. But most notably, even more notably than that, is the affordable housing sector like apartment buildings. Apartment buildings provide the, one of the best affordable housing options on the planet. Okay, for reference, we just saw 
the strongest quarter for net absorption rates in apartments that we've seen since 1993. That's uh, that's a long time. Now, along those same lines, 2021 is projected to to deliver annual economic GDP growth in the high 5% to mid 6% range. And for reference, that would be the strongest year of growth since 1984, which is an amazing year. That is the year that I was born, which obviously is a great year. (laughs) Anywho, strong GDP growth, though, that reflects gains in really sectors across the broader economy as a whole. So the housing sector, that's just one of the many sectors that have been impacted. I'll give you an example. Retail sales as an example. Retail sales have risen 15.6%, which that's huge. Like that's that's more than triple the next highest six-month period ever recorded. But back to job growth. Okay, this is where we're going to hone in. About 3.3 million jobs were created in the first half of 2021, which is the most amount of jobs ever added in the first half of a year. And I'm going to help you understand why that's all important. That's all important because job growth plays a huge role in in, uh, consumer confidence. And consumer confidence ultimately sparks household formations. It's one of the factors that sparks household formations. In other words, there's this perfect storm brewing for rising demand in apartments. But most people are too distracted to... Maybe they noticed. I was going to say people are too distracted to notice, but maybe they noticed, but they're too distracted to do anything about it. So let's talk about household formations because household formations is a key stat. That is in direct correlation with demand for our product. Households that are forming, that's demand for our product. So young adults and young millennials, they are a huge proponent uh, of, of, of the spark in household formations. Okay, so those born from 1989 to 1993, they're now 28, 33 years old. They represent the largest five-year age group in the country. Now, they have also been very, very slow to form households. You know, they got hit by the recession, then then got land blasted again by Corona-Rona, uh, and been slow to form, to form households, but they will lead household formations over the next five years. Now, typically, what here's what happens. Typically, the pipeline of young adults, okay, they graduate college, right? They start finding in-office jobs. Usually, that is what fuels household creation. But that stalled through the pandemic. So instead of relocating to these, these young adults, instead of relocating to these new job markets and forming households, many of those, of those young adults lived with family or friends during the health crisis instead. So all this pent-up household formation over 2020, right? But now, because of the growth within the first half of 2021, once again, bringing this full circle, firms have accelerated hiring, they've brought workers back into the office, and that has translated into record apartment absorption rates, the the, the record absorption rates that I mentioned even earlier on this drip. So the question might be, okay, Tyler, great, but why is this important? Okay, this is important because that demand is not expected to slow down especially as young adults now begin to fill those positions and have the financial stability to form their own households that will only grow. So what that means, I want you to pay attention here, okay? What that means is cities with the greatest job availability will see the greatest apartment demand, especially in fields that uh, graduates are concentrated in. Those cities will also provide apartment owners with the greatest opportunities for growth that we've seen in decades, decades. So here's my question, okay? Do you know where those cities are? Do you know how to identify those cities? Do you know how to participate? If not, that is what, and even if you do, I'm sure that you could learn something. 
But over the next few drips, I'm going to help you understand what those cities are. But more importantly, okay, how you can identify them and how you can participate. For example, okay, we know how to identify them. That We're one of the largest owners of multifamily um, properties in the Columbia, South Carolina area for a reason. It's for a reason. Let me tell you some things. They're ranked number one in the city, or they're, sorry, they're ranked uh, number one city in the nation for job opportunities. The number one city. They are also ranked number two city in the nation for millennial movers. They have 61 colleges in South Carolina. All these, obviously, metrics that I just mentioned earlier that will fuel household creation, we're already seeing that. We identified that early and were able to get into those markets early. So now, your actionable takeaways as passive investors. First off, many, a lot of people don't even realize that they can invest passively in, in apartments. You know, let's say that you have some money that you want to invest in real estate, but you don't know how to identify a good property. You don't want to be a landlord, right? There's a whole bunch of moving parts to that. Okay, you can invest passively in apartment buildings. And individuals like myself, we take your money, partner it up with other people's money, our own money. We guarantee the loans. We oversee the investment and allow individuals to benefit from owning, once again, the the truly the investments that fuel the wealthiest 1% of Americans, which is apartments, which means these individuals like yourself can own and benefit from apartments without dealing with the hassle. A lot of people don't even know that. So your actionable takeaways, first off, find operators who have a solid track record. It's key. And then also operators who invest in cities that are strategically positioned for growth. Your active investors, your takeaways, Research those cities. Research cities, and if I grab your pen and paper, I'm gonna give you a couple metrics to look, okay? Research cities that rank the highest in these four metrics. Number one is housing affordability. Number two is high tech GDP growth. Number three is job growth. And number four is wage growth. So repeat, number one, housing affordability. Number two, high tech GDP growth. Number three, job growth. Number four, wage growth. There is a huge correlation with those metrics and the cities registering or registering the, the most amount of demand right now. Uh, I could tell you the rankings for you know Columbia, South Carolina ranks uh, very high, top 10 in all of those categories. So once again, for a reason, right? So, so what your actionable takeaway is, research those cities and then go build some teams in those areas. Now, once again, we're going to get far more granular with those research topics over the uh, coming drips. Okay, so stay tuned, uh, and I'll walk you through that process for sure. All right, my friends, Aloha Friday drip number one is in the books, and God bless you for being a part of it, man. God bless you. I appreciate it, especially it's a little bit longer than most of the drips. We'll keep them high and tight from here on out, okay? So have a great weekend as always, and as always... Emiola. Now, if you don't know what Emiola means, you go look that up, okay? Emiola, my friends, aloha, mahalo, and we will see you next Friday. Peace.